love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hollywood, home to all the remakes, reboots, and revivals. All of them garbage. And it's our job, me, Detective Nieves, and my partner, my detective partner, Panetti. We're going to go around town figuring out what's worthy of being remade, revived, and rebooted. Or I'll stick my boot up that ass of those fucking shitty directors. Uh, if you don't know what I'm referencing, it is Murderville, currently available on Netflix. That was that is actually a remake of a British show, and uh, I think we both have opinions on this. So I guess let's kick things off. I'm Rolando, and I'm Nicole, and this is remakes, reboots, and revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. I just want to congratulate Rolando on that brilliant opener. Uh, that was completely <laughs> improvised and done very, very effectively, I thought. Very, very on brand for this episode. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, you definitely either belong in Murderville or Successville with that don't, kind of voice. Don't get me started because I just feel like I would do so much better than some of these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will get you started because I, I want you to go into depth to that, but not just yet. Uh, before we get started, uh, Eddie Z is also with us, our producer. Hey, guys. What's up, Eddie? Solving crime. Just hey. solving crime. And uh, I thought that before we could we get into this week's episode, to remind everyone that if you enjoy this podcast, you find us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you have and just give us a quick rating. Uh, I usually say give us a five-star rating, but honestly, give us whatever you like as long as it's like not one stars. Just let us know your thoughts. We, we want to hear from you guys. And uh, we definitely love to get any and all support and feedback from you guys. So just again, a reminder to find us on your platform and to give us a nice review, uh, a quick review, and we might just read it on the air. And yes, we are still on Spotify. But that's because we don't really make money off of Spotify. But I did consider pulling our podcast. So oh God. <laughs> I just want to just point that all out there. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into this week's topic, which is Murder and Successful, the BBC show, and Murderville, the Netflix show, I just wanted to talk about the fact that the Oscar nominations were uh, announced for us yesterday. But if you're listening to this two days ago, and it's really interesting because there's 10 picture nominations and three of them are film remakes. Three of them we covered on this podcast. Uh, one being Dune, which, mm -hmm. you know, was anybody anticipating that? I don't know. Uh, I kind of was. I mean, it's, it's again, you know, the Academy is kind of smart realizing that they need to put some blockbusters in there so that people watch their show. Would we call that um, a blockbuster? Because it didn't perform very well in the theaters. Well... Compared to Spider-Man, no, it did not. But it still right. made a lot of money. It got greenlit for a sequel. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Nightmare Alley, which was a complete box office flop, flop yeah. but a critical success. And actually, it is the most watched film in the past week on streaming because it just got uh, made available on two platforms. Oh, that's great. Hopefully, people have been checking out our episode as a result. I hope so. And I actually, based on our episode, a couple of friends of mine watched it. And they all, everyone who's watched Nightmare Alley loves it. So I recommend you watching Nightmare Alley, guys. It's available on Hulu and HBO Max. It's on It's on Hulu, too? It's on Hulu, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I saw it on HBO Max. As soon as, I, uh, as soon as I signed on, it was right there. Friends had them like, oh, too bad I already paid full price to see this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> full price or discount Tuesday? That that's still a full price ticket, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Back in my day, that six dollars was a full price for a ticket. Yeah, I mean it should only be that, but and of course, West Side Story got nominated, um, which is still playing in theaters. And I do recommend you go to the theater, put your ass in a seat for this movie. But if you want to wait, they did set a premiere date for streaming. Oh, is, is it Disney Plus? Yep, March second yeah. on Disney Plus. Disney, so. what? They're so shady, right? Like, uh, no promotion for the film whatsoever. But now that it got that Oscar nomination, I saw it on their Instagram. It's like we're so proud of this movie. I'm just like, no, you weren't. No, you <laughs> fucking weren't. Because that was uh, that was, that came from the merger from uh, with 20th Century Fox. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even really know that Disney was part of uh west side story until that happens so. well yeah because it's a it's a 20th century production right mm, so this was mm-hmm. in production during the merger and as a result now disney is the owner of this film there you go well it's just it's such an interesting time because you know uh three movie remakes even though to be fair they're all adaptations of things that were uh in another medium right so nightmare alley and dune are books and west side story is a stage play so technically they're just other adaptations they're not direct movie remakes but still like i feel like that many film remakes haven't been nominated for best picture in one year before um so this is just like the new normal you know not while we've been podcasting at least and not while we've been podcasting yeah and any just uh nominations that you feel like people who got snubbed or anybody that you're happy to see yeah, the one I think I got snubbed was actually Lin-Manuel Miranda for Best Director, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. I actually thought he did a stupendous job directing that film. And uh, uh, I think he I think he's well on his way for the EGOT if uh, his song uh, Dos Orgullitos don't, uh, gets, uh, gets the win, which it might. I'm shocked we don't talk about Bruno didn't get the nomination because that is a fantastic song. Well, it's the number like, one song right now. It is. It's also it. the number one song right now. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's the trends on TikTok are f- bananas, but yeah, it's but the song is so good. And like I, there's articles written about like how the song is so composed to like be this is why it's so catchy and why it's so good. And uh, it's a it is it is a good song. So maybe Lin- Lin-Manuel might be an EGOT soon enough. Wow. Uh yeah, I, I wish I cared more about Lin-Manuel. The one thing that I was surprised at was that The Tragedy of Macbeth didn't get more nominations. Uh, it really just got Denzel Washington for Best Actor, and that's about it. I'm shocked they didn't get Best Cinematography. Yeah, it didn't get Best cin- Well, no, it did get Best Cinematography. Oh, okay, there you go. That's great. I mean, let's be real. Like, those are the things. I I mean, we just covered this, but I, I stand by the thing. It's just like... Uh, the Cohen just let 
Denzel Washington beat Denzel Washington on screen for this is true. an hour and 45 minutes. So it's just like, was there much directing? <laughs> Beautifully framed shots, but outside of that. Like... Well, it didn't get best sound, which I was kind of um, upset about because I think I went on record in our episode saying that if it didn't get those nominations, I'd be outraged. And I am a little outraged because Belfast got best sounded, even though that was very well sound edited. I do think that that was one of the best elements of the tragedy of Macbeth, but nonetheless, uh, costume design Cruella is nominated and, you know, uh, yeah, Cruella is the one that I feel like got snubbed for best picture to be quite honest. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding here. Like the reason I'm actually saying that Cruella deserved that best picture is because like, Cruella was that feel good film that no one was expecting to be good. Like, uh, hidden figures. They usually have that one movie that's like not really Oscar material, but because it's such a feel good movie, it gets a nomination now that we have 10 nominees. So mm. I, I think I think Cruella was snubbed. Wow. There we go. Cruella was snubbed. I think Encanto was also snubbed it. from Best Picture. I know it got nominated for Best Animated, but I think that one it actually get- should. I actually think Luca should win Best Animated and then Encanto should win should be nominated for Best Picture, though. Interesting. So you thought Encanto was one of the best films of last year? I think because of its popularity, it kind of made, like, not just a popularity, but it is a very, very well put together film. I prefer Luca, though. Interesting. Yeah. I still have to see Luca. I will say this is, this best picture race seems way more like critical darlings than commercial darlings, but. I know. Well, Spider-Man did get nominated, right? So (laughs) where's the justice? Yeah, but, you know, now that the Academy has been opened up and it's more diverse, you're going to see, you know, more international stuff, which it, which which you got. Also, I'm just outraged that Being the Ricardos got as many acting nominations as it did. Being um, the Ricardos was nominated? I didn't even notice. Yeah, all, Nicole Kidman, J.K. Simmons, and Javier Bardem. And I'm sorry, but Javier Bardem, uh, love you. You're a great actor, but you did not make me feel like you were Desi Arnaz at any point in that film. And I would have put Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley in that. And Javier Bardem is taking that slot from him. So, uh, outrage. You know, best supporting actor, I'm shocked. The young guy who played from West Side Story didn't get nominated. Uh, who? Not Rizzo. Riff? Riff. Riff. <laughs> <laughs> Even now, I'm still making that mistake. Uh, Riff. Yes, because uh, I thought he was another one that was a kind of a standout there. Ariana DeBose got nominated. I called it. Uh, I'm shocked. I thought that uh, our girl, uh, Rita Moreno, was going to sneak in with a, also a nomination there for Best Supporting Actress, but didn't happen. But Ariana mm-hmm. DeBose, I haven't. I can't speak to the other films. I don't know how many of those I've seen, but like, I'm... I'm I'm betting Ariana DeBose might win this. Yeah, she's the front runner and she's been campaigning really hard. Good. As she should. I mean, I love a good Rags to Riches stories, you know. She didn't win or she won uh America's Got Talent or whatever. And yeah. here she is now, you know, she is our generation's Jennifer Hudson. I, I'm not gonna lie though, I kind of want Kirsten Dunst to win it for the power of the dog. Just because I also think it's about time Kirsten Dunst uh gets acknowledged for the fucking powerhouse that she is what so, oh you know i think kirsten dunce is fucking fantastic i mean i don't like kirsten dunce that much i don't see many of her i only know her really as mary jane and also marie antoinette oh great movie was i didn't like it oh i love that movie i okay. think that movie is fantastic uh yeah i mean i don't know 
I, I'm on the Kirsten Dunn's train. But anyway, maybe we should take the train out of here and over to successful because we got two properties that we really need to get into the weeds with because I didn't even know what any of this was <laughs> like two weeks ago when Rolando pitched it. Yeah. We had we like a, to, a filler. We, we were trying. <laughs> so yeah, we were trying to come up with a content calendar and we had this one week. I did not want to do Fraggle Rock and I yes. still don't. So and Nicole doesn't want to do How I Met Your Father. And I heard the reviews are so valid. bad on that one. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. I don't, I yeah. don't mind that. That was but valid of me. <laughs> it said, uh, so Murderville dropped, and I, I saw that it was a remake of a British comedy of a similar name. And I was just like, okay, I guess this counts. And I like Will Arnett, so I figured, like, why not? And then I learned about the concept, and the concept is wild. So do you want to tell people about the concept, Nicole? Yeah, so pretty much uh, celebrities are thrown into a live murder mystery kind of show where, you know, they have to figure out, listen to the clues, and they immerse themselves into, like, this acting show that is a murder mystery pretty much unfolding. And they have to improvise their way along with it. It's a comedy, so it's very funny. But they also have to solve a crime. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the gist of it. Now, right. before we get into um, the first show, which, you know, the American show is based off of, I, I do want to ask you both a question. How do you guys feel about British comedy? I'm impartial because I don't really expose myself to too much British comedy. I can tell you this much. I didn't care for the British office. Mm. But then Eddie got me turned on to that show. Stacy, Gavin and Stacy. That's it. Oh, Gavin Gavin. and Stacy. I've never seen that. So that's really good. It's cute. It's a very cute show. Okay. So that's all you know about British comedy is that you didn't like the original office and, and Gavin, I like and Gavin and Stacey you watched. I feel like there's other, I mean the films I do like, I like hot fuzz is one of my favorite films. I absolutely love hot fuzz. And actually one of my favorite filmmakers is uh, Edgar Wright, uh, who started off with a British television show called spaced, which I think is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Actually guys, if you like hot fuzz, Shaun of the dead, Scott Pilgrim, all that, you should watch Spaced. I think you would love. I think Eddie in particular would love it. I, I do believe like, it's on Hulu. I don't like um, um, Scott Pilgrim though. Well, then what's wrong with you? Because Scott Pilgrim <laughs> is the film of the millennial generation. I actually um, have never seen it. This is all based on just John Cena being in it. First of all, John Cena is not in it. <laughs> what? No, John uh, Cena is not in Scott Pilgrim. Not John Cena. Fuck. Um, Cena Hill. What is his name? I wish I could figure out who you were talking to. I don't know. The main character, Scott Pilgrim. Michael Sarah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> John Cena, Cena Hill, Michael Sarah. That's a wow. Um, it, it was a journey, <laughs> guys. I just took you guys on a journey. This is why we deserve these five stars. That was brilliant. First of all, come over, listen to my surround sound system and watch Scott Pilgrim because it's going to sound amazing. But mm-hmm. It's his best role, Michael Sarah. I think he's like, I don't particularly care for Michael Sarah, and I think he's brilliant in this movie. Anyway, the point is, is that I actually really like British comedy. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a deep dive and I watched, you know, I saw Space, one of my favorite shows. I saw Peep Show and, and Mighty Bush and Black Books. And I mean, a, a, almost any British comedy that I could get my hands on. You know, I okay. found this really, really obscure well, not obscure, but like deep cut British show called Brass Eye, which has just been one of the most influential things I've ever seen. Mm. And uh, I feel like I, you would like Fleabag then, because I feel like everyone loves Fleabag. Yeah. So although I haven't seen Fleabag, I've seen Crashing and I had really enjoyed Crashing. I was laughing out loud the whole time. 
and I actually also am a huge fan of British cinema. You know, I love uh, Ealing comedies and I love Michael Powell, uh, Emmerich Pressburger films. And I love like British crime films of the 70s. So I'm just like overall kind of when it comes to media, at least an Anglophile. I was about to um, say, it's like, wow, you sound like an Anglophile. Yeah, I would I would call, kind of call myself that. The British, they're wild. English, they are ahead of our 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 norms here in America. And it yeah, is, I mean, it is they shocking. depict nudity and they're more okay with profanity Cursing. than we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just shooting and just like yeah, just based off of just based off everything I've seen on this on this show, uh, specifically uh, success, uh, murder and successful. They are way edgier than American comedians. Yeah, it's actually really exciting. You know, I wonder mm-hmm. what that must be like. They, I think they're the original creators of The Circle. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, I think the the British came up with the concept for The Circle, which is, I think, one of the greatest reality competition shows to date. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's out there. <laughs> um. So pretty much when I found out that this was a uh, originally a British show, I jumped on it. I said yes, and uh, Murder and Successful. It's a BBC Three program that was out from 2015 to 2017, and it had three seasons. And typically in England, on shows that you know are on any BBC or on Channel Four, their seasons are very short. You know, mm-hmm. you can have anywhere from like three episodes a season to 10 episodes a season, but not really more than that. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll do like Christmas specials or just like one year, you know, hour and a half specials. And mm-hmm. that's actually something I really like, like even Sherlock, uh, you know, which is a drama. But, you know, three episodes, three like two hour episodes per, se- per season, Dracula, which we covered. Dracula, which we covered. And a really like they knew what story they were going to tell from beginning to end. And that's what they did that season. And that's what it I've always liked about British television is that they, what I've seen at least, is that they have a more clear, concise story that they're telling in their show than Americans do, where they just kind of go on and on and they throw all these things, you know. It's like, and now we're going to bring in a new boss played by uh, uh, the guy from Boston Public mm-hmm. in The Office or something, you know. It just keeps going on and on and like they're coming up with anything they can. And the idea of this show, Murder and Successful, is pretty ingenious that, you know, live starring in a live murder mystery. Yeah. It's like um, cosplay a little bit. Yeah. Successful is like a parallel LARPing. universe. LARPing. Yeah. LARPing. Yeah. Live That's action it. role playing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Successful is kind of like this uh, deranged Hollywood. You know, everyone <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah is it they interact with famous people you know like russell brand has a comedy emporium and mary berry owns a strip strip bar or whatever uh Uh, you know characters range from miley cyrus Katy perry to daniel radcliffe mm -hmm. you know they interact with all these one direction gang the one direction gang justin bieber tom daly yeah and the main character he's the the di di sleet yeah played by Tom Davis and he kind of just this is his show he didn't create the show the show was created by Andy Barrington and Avril Spray but Tom Davis you know he owns the show he's just he's tall as hell he must be like six two mm-hmm. um got a beautiful voice that he just modeled so perfectly after you know like cheesy American cop movies from the 80s and 90s I'm D.I. Sleet yeah, and I he has a cry. Kojak voice. Yeah, he has a very Telesavallis mm. voice. That's right. And his imp- improvisations are just really, really on point. 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with this show. Um, tell me your thoughts. You know, what did you think of this show? So as I usually do, I watched in reverse order. So I saw Murderville first mm-hmm. and then we saw Murder in Successville. And I was just like, oh, shit, they do like wild things here. First, the first episode ends in a shootout. And I was yes. just like, no fucking way. No, like, obvious. No fucking way would an American TV show depict in a comedy cops just straight up killing people because of our, you know, politics at the moment, right? So it was, it it was. I I remember just laughing out loud throughout a lot of the episode, but like that part, I think I rewinded it like twice just to like watch that scene because it was just like crazy town. You know what I mean? It's uh, it. So the setup is that. Uh, the celebrity guest, he has to, he's listening in on all these, like, you know, depictions of celebrities. And one of the, usually, uh, I think always, they meet three potential suspects. And he has yeah. to, like, be very, very tuned into the clues to figure out who committed the murder at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while also improvising while with impro- G.I. Sleet and, and just doing whatever shit that he throws him into exactly yeah so if the isolate is just like in your ear it's like you have to talk to my ex-wife's uh boyfriend to get my stuff you know well that's it because rule number one of improv is you don't say no you know mm-hmm. and yes. so or I, you always say yes or you fine or you always say yes uh but the point of improv is that you keep the the the, the story flowing you, you, you're trying to like create scenarios that don't create a halt and uh, one of the funniest things is just seeing these like British celebs like just when they break character is so funny like because yeah, yeah. because the guy who's playing D.I. Sleet is genuinely so funny yeah he's a master improviser mm-hmm. uh, and one of my favorite things about this show is that they're all so into this role playing that if the celebrity starts laughing they look at him and go what are you laughing at you think this is funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it becomes incorporated into the show and I thought, I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, one of the funniest moments that literally had me like gasping for air uh, in the first episode with that like blonde guy um, from Made in Chelsea or something. And he's got on the earpiece and he's like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I've seen a pigeon eat bread with stuff. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't fly. And he could not say the line. You know, it he was- like... Especially funny because he was the one who brought that up to D.I. Uh, Di Sleet earlier in the car. Mm-hmm. And so D.I. Sleet used that to his advantage and it just caught this guy off guard. He was so adorable, by the way, this this actor. Yeah, yeah, the he was really two, cute. Uh, but they were, it, and this guy could just not keep a straight face in, while he's talking to the One Direction big gang, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I sent Rolando a couple episodes that I thought were great. Like, there's one where it's yield uh, English. So, you know, they go back oh, in time. The first, yeah, the first murder is successful. Yes. And it was a wench. Oh, what was her name? <laughs> uh, Rita Ora. Rita Ora. Rita Ora. Uh, pop singer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was the first wench murdered. And uh, I-, I think the wildest one was when when D.I. Sleet and uh, the soccer player are in drag at the, <laughs> you know, with uh, with a Kanye West, like, chic figure. And 
This guy. So I appreciate. So I love. Thank you for sending me those episodes because I love a good episode where the the subject is he just goes in. Like, they just go in for that joke and it makes it so good. Like this guy, uh, Chris Karakin, Chris Karakin, Chris Kamara, Chris Kamara. Kamara. He was absolutely like he swerved into those jokes and like when he was doing the drag and he was just talking about like biting my titties and stuff like this guy i this absolutely one of the funniest things i think i have seen yeah and yeah. it kind of solidified <laughs> it's just like oh this show is so fucking good i like this the part where, so where where the guy was like all right you guys have to kiss show me some kissing and some tongue and stuff and kamara was like really like Ready, ready for it, and then um, Sleep was like, "Wow, you're really <laughs> enthusiastic about this." <laughs> they were, and it just, and then I, I just want to point out, like, there are some things that are just like, uh, like seeing an interpretation of Kanye West as like a chic is just like borderline yes. offensive, but like it's still so absurd. This show is absolute absurdity yes. at its finest, and that's what makes this show kind like just work. Yeah, no, it's absolutely brilliant. They like they don't even try. They do kind of like um half ass impressions. Yeah. Yeah, it's like making fun of him, but it's also just trying in no way to be him, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and that's the perfect blend too is that it's it's like trying to be kind of unreal in an interesting way. Uh mm-hmm. which also just makes DI sleet and like the more absurd he gets, just the more outrageous and the funnier. Uh the same episode with Chris Kamara where he's at the funeral and he's just like screaming, crying. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was just hilarious. The whole back and forth they had with Cara Delavine in the uh, interrogation room. I mean, this that is just like year. prime freaking improvisation. But and that actress who played Cara Delavine was absolutely top notch. She was, she was great. so yeah. good at the role. Yeah. And when they and of course everyone loves when people break character and you see them mm-hmm. just, you know, not being able to contain their laughter. And you saw a lot of that in the murder and successful, you know, people yeah. really like not being able to keep it in, you know, something I want to keep in mind for murderville. The big thing that I want to talk about in murder and successful is the fact that at the end you are supposed to solve this murder mm-hmm. and you're really, <laughs> it's like almost I mean, I think it is. It's not even almost. I think it's made impossible for them to really pay attention to all these clues. Some people get it, but some people don't. I but know. like, yeah. you yeah. have to really pay attention to the conversations and and little details and little clues that you get in order to solve the murder. And uh, it's usually the boss of D.I. Slate who, you know, brings in the celebrity to meet D.I. Slate. And then at the end, you know, when he's finally made his decision, either by shooting someone or, you know, presenting or them with someone them. or poisoning or- them. Yeah. Or, uh, what was it? The one with the cult? I forgot what he had to do. I think it was just like take I off. I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. take off the mask. Right, take off the mask of who you think he had to reveal. That one wasn't as big of a reveal. That was just a wild episode. But yeah, that one was crazy. Um, uh, I solved that one though. Yeah, that one was one of the easier ones. I will yeah, say because no, I solved yeah, that too. This show, like the actual mysteries, are hard to solve unless you're absolutely one hundred percent paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And they can get really ridiculous because sometimes you're also watching a scene. And it's like, did they even give any clues away? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. They were just bullshitting yes. that whole time. That's yes. the thing. But then, and then you realize, like, oh no, the clues were there because that is the. I think that's what's so. This show, like, the concept for this show is brilliant, right? Like yeah. to yeah. have an improv show, and at the same time, it's like almost like an escape room, right? Yeah. Like you have like these celebrities play a game, and they have to like. Did you did you solve this puzzle? And I just 
it's like how how has how has this not like really taken off here in America? Because yeah. like this is just like like what a concept it was. It is when I so I saw these reverse right. But even with the uh, with the American remake, I was just like, this is a pretty cool concept, and I kind of wish it would get developed. And then you see this, I'm just like, oh my god, no, they figured it out, they perfected this concept. Yeah, we just need to we need to kind of figure figure it out ourselves here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, no, this was it, it's 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 great, and the the captain, the boss, right? He is easily one of my favorite characters. Uh, when Di Sleet is like building a little a ship. Like a little mm-hmm. ship, and this guy comes. He's like, "Oh my god, that looks so great! That looks so good! You really, I, I love how you're taking care of this, but like, you're not doing your fucking job." He just like snaps at this guy. He's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, his, his guy, delivery is pretty great. Yeah, and I when he, see... uh, well, he sometimes is in episodes. He was at Simon Cowell, uh, in one, and Gordon Ramsay in another. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I would want to see that one. I didn't see a Gordon yeah. Ramsay episode, but I could see him. I thought that's who he was playing, like a Gordon Ramsay type character. Interesting, you know, cause, yeah, because like I mean, the way he just berates that, yeah. Di and his hair, his hair, is and very his hair, Ramsey, yeah. Uh, no, this, uh, both these actors are. I wanna look. I wanna do my research into them and kind of like see what else they've done because like they are Di Lee and this uh, captain. They're so good. Yeah, they are just so entertaining to watch. It's just like this. I hope. I hope they're like. I hope there's so much content that I could devour of theirs, you know, you know? Yeah, no, it's actually a shame that they don't make the show anymore. And the last episodes came out in 2017. So, you know, we're not getting, mm. it doesn't seem like we're getting any more content. Uh, another thing I really enjoy about this show is that every episode is like a different, like sub genre within like a mystery. Uh, the first episode being the mafia, right? So it's mm-hmm. like Italian gangsters. And then the second one being like a cult. Um, then there's like the racetrack one. They go back and yield English. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one that's like kind of like Hound of Baskervilles ish, oh. and so at the end of it, it's also like kind of nerdy where you're getting to like live in all these different scenarios that you've either read in a book or you've seen in a few movies that you know you're mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're gonna put them in an eighty slasher movie or something like that. I don't, I mean, I don't know if they did that, but just as an example, they might have. They might have. Yeah, I didn't see I mean, every you're, episode. You're the one who texted me because uh, I, I finally figured out. I was like, oh, this is where we can watch this show. And you're like, I've already binged so much of this. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, oh, I, I guess you liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found it on YouTube and I was like, here, I'm recommending the best ones. For yeah, you. yeah. And I was just like, oh, this helps me out so much because I was going to like subscribe to British Box on Amazon Prime so I could like try to see these episodes. Like, oh, they're on YouTube. Perfect. I should have just checked there, right? Uh, but yeah. yeah, guys, go go check out Murder and Successful. This show is so funny. You, I am not a connoisseur of British entertainment, so like, I usually had to put on the the subtitles so I, I understand what they're saying. Because when those accents get thick, they get thick. Okay, thickety thick thick. <laughs> you know. I will. One last thing I want to say is that this show has uh, just uh, a brilliant uh, design to it. Uh, you know, the characters, the celebrities that star in every episode, they address the camera at the beginning and then they walk off and then it turns into successful. To the, yeah. Like the visual effects um, are actually kind of stunning. And even like the lighting that they designed this show with. Uh, and just the sets, it's just like really great. You know, they feel straight out of films. You know, they mm-hmm. really feel like these really thought out, beautifully crafted, lit all that set. So I just wanted to uh, say that about it. I mean, yeah, there's so much about this that I enjoy. 
I don't really have any complaints. I mean, I will. The one thing I realized was that I liked all the episodes with the guys better than the ones that I saw with the girls, which I found mm. a little uh, weird. But um, I guess I like it when people join in more instead of just laughing the whole time. And I did feel like right, at least right, some right. of the ones that I watched, uh, the people who just were kind of like didn't know what to do, I felt less engaging. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like uh, Emma Bunton was in one episode and I started hers, but she wasn't very engaging. The Spice Girl? The Spice Girl, yeah. <gasps> oh, I might have to watch that one just to see Emma Bunton to see what she... Although I feel like you should have... Honestly, yeah, they picked wrong. They should have picked either Scary Spice or Ginger. Well, yeah, but... I not mean, Victoria, obviously. You're not going to get anything out of her. No, you're never going to get her. I, well, that's the thing, too. I don't know to what level of celebrities these um, people are. I don't know that much <clears throat> about British I mean, culture. I, don't, so. I didn't know like, all these names and stuff, but I'm sure like if you showed an American, uh, a British person, like who we consider famous nowadays, like they'd be like, who is that? Yeah. Uh, you know what I will also say though, respect here. D.I. Barry is straight up bisexual and I love that. I'm so glad for that. D.I. Sleet? Yeah. D.I. Sleet. Yeah. Yeah. He is. We know this because like he, uh, he fancies, uh, what's it called? Who was it? When he went to the strip joint and it's like, uh, saggy bottoms but it's all men and like <laughs> yeah. the the odor she knows him she's just like oh you've been here oh you like them young yeah 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 and it's just like oh okay so D.I. Slee goes both ways good some bi-representation up in this house yeah it's, he likes to downplay it sometimes but or when uh there was one episode where like they were into a brewery and then the one guy brought him over to taste beer and then he like swore that the guy was hitting on him <laughs> yeah or how about the fact that he just spent the night with kanye west yeah yeah he took one yeah. for the team yeah, yeah. <laughs> happily <laughs> you know yeah yeah so there you go this show is, yeah this show is is yeah i i can't believe i how how has this been on and i didn't know about it it's so sad you know, yeah there's you know? so many uh for me i could say i consider this a hidden gem obviously there's not a lot of ways that i could have seen it on american television and i guess i just wasn't cool enough to you know be around on the forums to hear about it but there's just like it's just exciting to know how many other great things are waiting to be discovered out there uh Mm -hmm. because literally the moment i i started watching i just i i enjoy when i really laugh not like chuckle or you know smile but like really laugh and this made me really laugh oh same Yeah, yeah yeah like this one made me really really laugh and uh i think there were just so many more times that I really I laughed like hard here and I can only count like that maybe like one or two times that that happened in the remake yeah should we get into Murderville <laughs> let's get into Murderville obviously with such an ingenious plot eventually someone would be like hey we need to do our own version of this in our country which is in our case America and so do you know a little bit about the history of this how, how this happened Rolando so yeah, so in 2019, Will Arnett may uh, met up with the showrunner. So Krista Johnson, she uh, met up with Will Arnett in 2019. They were kind of pitching the show around, and the show got greenlit in March of 2020. And she herself was a fan, and like Will Arnett was also a fan of the original. So, like, they were the ones who kind of, like, really kind of decided, like, we want to turn this into into a show. And they actually had someone from the original production team 
uh, kind of get on board also to help with the overall production and stuff. And uh, yeah, Netflix was pretty supportive of the project. It just, I'm assuming probably March 2020 is when they had the, when they opened up the writer's room and guess what also happened in March of 2020? COVID. COVID. So, yeah. I mean, outside of that, that's, that's really all I know about the development of the show. It was, I think I just saw a trailer for it, like maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, when I found out it was a, a remake, I, I pitched it to Nicole and here we are. Yeah. And this is actually the soonest. This is like might be in recent memory, like the soonest we've covered something. Right. Because this just came out like this weekend. Past yeah, weekend. it came out February 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, so and by our uh, clock, it's February 9th. So, yeah, this is we're on top of this. And Good. I don't really are people watching this because I I brought it up to a couple people and they were like I don't know what you're talking about. It was when I saw it. It was number ten of the most watched things in America. Oh well, so I I I mean I didn't know about it, but then again I don't I don't really watch Netflix like that, and I'm just not into television series as much these days. I'm very Mm -hmm. into movies, so I was very kind of like about this. But, you know, after seeing the British show, I watched the British show first. I was really, really excited for this. And it's the same exact thing, you know. Uh, Celebrity guest stars are not given a script beforehand, and they have to improvise their way through an immersive um, murder mystery and find out who the killer is. And it had guests like Conan O'Brien. Well, I mean, I guess people who I'm a personal fan of. Like, I really like Kamal Nanjani and and, uh, Conan O'Brien. I was um, more shocked that Sharon Stone was in it. I know, random, but interesting choice, right? Totally random. Good for her. I'm going to say this right off the bat. Sharon Stone might be my favorite episode. Oh, really? Uh, she made one of the deadpanniest jokes uh, at her expense. That was probably one of the funniest things I heard. Which you know is, what? people uh, call okay, me so difficult. Like, so, uh, oh, yeah. It's uh, when the other one, the lady she's talking to says, it's just like, oh, you know, you're not very likable. And it discusses Sharon Stone saying, like, some people say very difficult to work with. I hear very difficult to work with. And it's just like, wow. Like, she's in on that. It was great. That was a great delivery. It felt very 30 Rock. It felt very Jenna Maroney. I I laughed out loud and rewinded that one to listen to that one. She, I, she, Sharon Stone was one of my favorites because, like, she, again, not someone I was expecting to swerve into it. But, like, she kind of did swerve into it. And I, I, I appreciate that when they do that. Uh, the yeah. other one who I actually liked a lot was Marshawn. The football player, Marshawn Lynch. Again, he is someone who kind of just swerved into really improvising and stuff and just having fun with it. And those were the best episodes. It's so interesting because, you know, there's a lot of all of the ingredients should make for a winning recipe. And yet the show just didn't really hit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't laugh out loud many times in this watching Murderville. Um mm-hmm. I guess I just had, I don't know, maybe I have unfair expectations of comedy and all these people, but I was expecting to laugh out loud. And when I didn't, I was really bummed. Especially since you saw the original one first. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, people are going to be improving and just doing some great stuff. And, you know, Conan O'Brien in particular, whom I adore. I know. Conan O'Brien, to start off the show, I felt like his was kind of a letdown because I'm just like, wow, Conan, you're not just not, you're not doing anything. You're making like very subtle jokes. If we're as I was expecting you to be like, ha, ha, ha. like I was ready to like laugh out loud and I did it. But then Marshawn came on next and I was just like, oh, finally. All right, fine. He understands the assignment. Mm. I felt like 
yeah, so that was like a hit or miss in these things where with the guests, where I felt that they were like, you have to solve this mystery. So I felt a lot of them were more paying attention to their environment than playing off the other actors, you know, mm. looking for the clues, mm-hmm. and um, and instead of playing, instead of playing, you know, acting out the story, yeah, you know, yeah. So that took away. And I'll say this: comparing the two, the actors that they picked to do, uh, to be the other characters in this show, mm-hmm. you can tell that well they you can tell that they have a script that they're following so when they're like delivering certain things it just sounds like scripted right like when they're talking oh can you do like you know uh with annie murphy for example it's like can you stir uh the the thing while i talk and stuff and then she's just still saying her lines right where i think in the original one everything felt so much more organic and the performances felt like like you said, it's just like I, I was there any clues in that in that delivery? I don't know because there was so much happening here. Even though there's sometimes the 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 the, the guest is being forced to have something happen, uh, the lines are still being delivered in such a clear manner that it was kind of easy to solve a lot of these uh, mysteries. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I also, I don't know. Maybe there was just something about the dynamic. Um, I didn't really. Like, okay, Will Arnett stars as the main character, Terry Seattle. You know, he's our D.I. sleep. And he just wasn't working for me. Even, yeah, like, no. with him, like, all of, like, some of the gimmicks that they gave him, especially in my favorite episode, the Kamal Nudani episode, where he goes back to high school and stuff. Like, this whole gag of him being the kid who would, like, pass out and fire. Like, that was never really ever funny. I didn't see that episode. So they do uh, 21 oh, you, Jump Street. you skipped that? I, I skipped. That was the only one I skipped only because I was looking at the names. I was like, oh, Sharon Stone. And I went oh, to Sharon Stone immediately. Wow. I thought that was the funniest episode. But I thought it All was right. because of um, Kumal. I mean, <clears throat> the whole premise is that he there was a murder at his high school reunion that he didn't want to go to. Oh, so. that's a good. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I again, like the ones that made me laugh. If, if I laughed, it was because of the guest stars. Like I didn't really have that relationship with Terry Seattle that I did with D.I. Sleet. And you know, you, right. you said that the British show was, you were like, wow, this is really edgy and stuff in yeah. a way. Well, one, this Murderville is not very edgy. And in a way it kind of felt like almost like, uh, how do I describe it? Preschoolish <laughs> in the sense oh. where like, they never really went that far with well, anything. Very juvenile. Yeah. Yeah. Or very theme park. Yes. Yeah. That's another way. Yeah. Like a it's theme like park. Like this is a theme park experience. This uh-huh. is your part. Of, this is part of the show. And they chose you from the audience and you're like, you get it. Go with it. Go with it. Yeah. And maybe you get a prize if you get the right answer. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I agree with you. So for me, my biggest gripe is really, uh, I agree. I love Will Arnett. I actually like Will Arnett a lot. I think he's funny. I think he's sexy. I think he's he's like a full package, right? He wasn't working in the show because his character was just too outlandish and cartoonish. And yeah. what happens is his buffoonery starts like really verging on annoying, right? Where in D.I. Sleet, his buffoonery is kind of still muted to the point and like still circumstantial 
to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't steal from the spotlight. If anything, he's just trying to push the the guest to do something funny. Where it felt like I'm not accusing Will Arnett of trying to steal the thunder, but like because of his antics, it felt that way. That it would just be more spotlight on him than like the guest star. Where I don't know. I don't know Will Arnett's like acting credentials. I don't know how strong his improv is, but I think the biggest miss here is that like you need a very, very strong improv improvisational artist on this. Someone mm. who's not gonna steal the 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 spotlight and someone who is gonna just kind of propel the story forward. And I was actually thinking after I watched a few episodes, uh, well, there was only six episodes, but I watched like five of them. Uh, sorry for uh, the one guess, episode the one you, you skipped. The one that you liked. <laughs> well, I liked Sharon Stone's episode. I thought she was great. I don't know why. Like, I thought that was like one of the, and you know, she she's doing surgery and like there's just blood spewing out everywhere. Come on, hilarious. Yeah, that was yeah, uh, that was absurd. Uh, it's physical comedy. Uh, it's just <laughs> something I don't expect Sharon Stone to do. Uh, but. So I was like trying to think, I was like, who would I want to see in the show? And I was thinking, like, any one of the guys from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like, there's, like, you could easily put them. Uh, sure. I was thinking Wayne Brady specifically. And then the other one I was actually considering, and this is maybe bad blood, but Amy Poehler. Uh, yeah. Well, Arnett's ex wife. And I think she would have been a great uh, female detective. And we know her. We I I've seen her in stuff like uh, uh, Citizens Brigade. Uh, yeah, Upright Citizens, Citizens Brigade. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like mostly improv. So she she has those acting chops, and I could see her playing like a detective. But I could still see her doing it to push the characters forward, to mm-hmm. push the the guest performer forward. And I think that's what Will Arnett was kind of lacking. He just wasn't able to, I guess, do that. And I think also. Same thing goes with the the, the the rest of the cast, right? Like, the, the, the characters that they bring in. Like, some of them were, like, kind of recognizable, like, B or C-listers. Uh, people that I've seen on other TV shows before. And that's not... A sh- that's not I'm not dissing them, but the problem is, is, like... But they were still very polished in their deliveries that it felt like they were just rehearsing lines and not being improv Im- with everybody else, Right. So I think that's one of the things I would have fixed if I were show running this, Ms. Johnson yeah. uh, or Mr. Johnson. I don't know if it's a Mr. Mr. Uh, <laughs> is that I would also really focus heavily on having imp- improv be front and center. So make they not give them a script per se. Like they have to like know these are the things. These are the tidbits you have to deliver. How you want to deliver it? Let it get there organically, and like kind of let them let these improvisational artists, you know, go do their thing. So one of the things that I think didn't work for me was the fact that I felt like D.I. Slee, even though he was very absurd and out there, uh, he was a little bit better layered as a character. Um, you know, he had insecurities and and he was bisexual. You know, he had all of these different qualities that would come in and out of shows where I think Terry Seattle is just kind of portrayed as an idiot. <clears throat> and right they don't really give him anything else, you know, no other layers to him other than the fact that he's in divorce proceedings with the chief of police. Um, right. And even then, like the jokes about their relationship weren't enough to make that dynamic, like just, uh, work for me. I don't know. Like, no, I agree. I, I just, I don't know. There was something about it. It's just like, 
I don't want to have complete favoritism to the British one, but there's just there was just a lot lacking. I also thought that like there was no real set design. I mean, like they had sets and stuff, but like they didn't have any lighting or stylistic choices to mm-hmm. the show. It all was like very well lit and bright and kind of plain. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought it was like sometimes too bright. Uh huh. Yeah. It felt like yeah. It felt more like I you said like Disney when you go to a theme park like that. These this one felt much more like an escape room. Yeah. Than the yeah. original one. Where the other one, the British, the original British one did feel cinematic at times. Mm-hmm. True. This one felt very fake and pastiche and like kind of, you know, bleh. yeah. Yeah. And it did feel definitely more scripted. I agree with you in that. Like there was one where I think it was a Conan O'Brien where he's like talking to him in the earpiece, but then he says he'll be right back. And he's like on the phone watching the magician thing. And that's like such a staged moment. You know, it's right. not really improvised. Uh, I think in the Marshawn Lynch episode where they bring him to the morgue and then they open up the thing. And it's like, it's your first cold case or something like that. And like all the balloons oh. are there. It was like such a planned moment that it just like it didn't feel organic. If right. that's if that makes sense. So I don't know. No, no, no. It does. I agree. I think that's really if if this show gets a second season, right? Because in this article that I want to link, uh Johnson says just like, Oh, we haven't planned that far ahead and I don't I don't believe them, but I don't think I think it just means Netflix hasn't greenlit them yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. if I think what they need to fix, I need I hate to say it. I like I said, I I, I like Will Arnett, but I, I would get rid of him. That'd be the first. Oh, wow. I would get rid of him. I know. I would. I would. You know, the funniest thing that he did was point is just like to like, oh, my former dead partner. And he points to a picture of Jennifer Jennifer Aniston. Aniston, Yeah, that was probably the only funny thing I think he did. (laughs) Show. I don't even know whose joke that was, but I don't know why. Every time we cut, we kept seeing like Jennifer Aniston's like picture. It was. Just, I don't know why it was just funny for me. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was funny. And it, I, I was hoping because <clears throat> tell me that Jennifer Aniston is going to make a guest appearance at the very. I know, least. right? Tease me like this. Yeah, the I think that the moment other than the Kumal Ninjani episode because really that was I think the funniest. Um, I think the the moment that made me laugh the most was when he was like, "Oh, you could talk and say whatever you want to this two way mirror," and then there ends up not even being a mirror there. It's like a completely open, uh, window <clears throat> with Marshawn Lynch. Uh-huh. The interro- mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do remember I, that. Did, I saw know. that scene, yeah. Okay, yeah. So anyway, I mean, but that's the thing. It's not even that funny. Like, I'm bringing it up and we're not, like, laughing about it. Yeah, because so. I think the gimmick was kind of silly, right? Like, he, uh, Marshall Lynch has to, like, kind of just mimic what the other person is doing. But you can see in his performance that he's so committed. Yeah. He's so committed to the role, like, to doing this and to, like, be, like, to be. I, I thought my the funniest part was, like, when he tackled the guy in uh, the, 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 the second triplet. Like yeah, go into his the basement and stuff, and like I don't think that was planned at all because I think Marshall just like literally just like tackled him, and like you can see in the reactions, just like okay, whoa, 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 we're good, we're fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, no, I there, I would replace Will Arnett. I would replace Will Arnett. Get someone who has stronger improv chops, and uh, I don't know. James I mean, Corbin. No, James Corbin. Yes, James Corden would not. Yes, he would have strong chops no. for this. He, I think he's also too recognizable. I mean, why didn't it, like? But you're gonna have someone that's too recognizable. You're always gonna have somebody. That's I know. I, I pitch Will Arnett. Um, I think Wayne Brady might be the least recognizable one. The ratings for whose line is it anyway were never like top notch. Like he's like a celebrity. 
He's like yeah. a C-lister at best. You know what I mean? But he's good. Like, that game-recognized game here. He is super talented at improv. Yeah, yeah. I think he needs my props, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think he would be... I think he would be... I think it should be him. I think he should be the next detective. Uh, and I don't know. It's just like... Seeing the original British one, like, it made me sad that, like, the American one didn't take, like, these risks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, put the celebrity in drag. Well, they kind of put Annie Murphy in drag, but it wasn't even, like, it wasn't played up. Like, the drag itself wasn't the joke. And cross-dressing, I understand, is... So, do you think this is, like, this show is a victim of, like, American sensibilities and sensitivities around comedy? Mm. Because, like, I don't know. Like, isn't it offensive to, like, put two men in drag and just, like, that's the butt of the joke that they're in drag? being sold off to like uh a middle eastern chic um i don't know and isn't I mean, that offensive potentially think... to like people who identify as either trans or people who uh gender fluid are gender fluid i guess you would have to ask them but also i feel like it depends what you do when you're dressed up uh and how it's handled you know like because it's... i laugh at i, I love that di sleet sleet yeah, no, I I that. thought it was I thought it was hilarious. It was hysterical it because was it was so like funny. they were undercover cops, you know. So it was like yeah. the ludicrousness because he's got his beard. <laughs> and what he said was, "How old are he you?" Doesn't even look 18? like a woman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the joke is in the at home. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm so dirty. God, this one, the original one, is just so much more memorable. It is than, yes. like the newer one. To be mm-hmm. quite honest, like I remember stuff from the new one, but like the original one is just like eh. those situations are just like absurdity all right so go wait back to this point uh of like do you think it's a victim of like american sensibilities towards comedy i mean i think so i think that's why it felt kind of watered down is because they're like you know aware of all the the roads that they can't go down yeah um so i would say yes actually it has especially because a lot of comedians who are just trying to uh be funny are getting called out and like mm-hmm. you know some of them deserve to be some of them don't whatever but like even comedy which was kind of like this you could do anything you're supposed to fucking push the tableaus you're supposed to you know push buttons you know push the boundaries of comedy is getting really hard hit right now because it's just mm-hmm. everyone's getting offended and the reason i thought about that was really when in the first episode alone of the original one we see a shootout like like di sleet tells the guy he's just like shoot the one you think is guilty i'm just like okay in here if we did that here in america well now if i were in the writer's room i had to think like all right well make sure that they, you know make sure they're all white and make sure that our vic uh that the the guest star is white otherwise we may have like a you know a racially motivated issue here you know what I mean? And it, 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 or it's like, oh, well, do we really, really want to like show cops shooting indiscriminately in this political climate? Uh, I don't know. You know, right there. I just opened up a whole can of worms that like I'm sure was discussed in the writer's room. But it's a comedy. And like, I think uh, I feel like I don't know. It just like it had, this. This show had no edge whatsoever was yeah. a problem yeah and, like the original one was kind of it was funny and edgy and i think that's why it's so much more memorable than the new one yeah i think if murderville maybe came out in 2010 it would have fit better but i don't know mm. 2022 it's just like i need more i need more from you guys i need more i need like mm-hmm. i don't know and i 
and that's the thing. It's just like I think I, I'm not even complaining about the guest stars that they picked, right? I, it's really just because of the of overall the performances of like everyone around the guest star that kind of made this show like kind of lackluster. Hmm, interesting. I love that yeah. you found the Sharon Stone one the funniest. That's like... I don't know why. I just saw I maybe was just seeing Sharon Stone in this situation. Yeah. Uh, and seeing Sharon Stone like you know listen, she she seemed very sympathetic towards the character Terry Seattle's issues. Uh, and I don't know why. In my head, I was just imagining like Sharon Stone is in her head saying, "It's just like I know I'm too fucking good for this, but you know what." The world thinks I'm fucking difficult to work with, so I'm going to show them I'm not. Look at that. And you know what? She proved it to me. <laughs> Give her basic instinct three now. That's right. There was a basic instinct too. Very, very There good. was. She was <laughs> attached to it, and that movie flopped. At least on Reddit and like social media-wise, the funniest episode is considered by the people who have seen the show on social media to be the Ken Jeong episode. And I thought that was actually one of the weaker ones because Kang Jong, I kind of had high hopes for his uh, improvis- improvisational skills. And he kind of just like kind of, I don't know, fla- he broke a lot. Mm. And I don't know if that's what people found funny, but like, I don't want to, I don't, people do not just funny to see people yeah. break. Like, yeah. I'm okay with seeing them break. When they break, it is funny, but like, you need to move the story forward. You know who we needed? A Kate McKinnon. That's she's from uh, China, right? yeah 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 that Maybe would have been interesting yeah as either the detective oh she'd make a great detective yeah but you still need to watch the Kamali episode because I'm telling right, you I'll that was out, the best. I will check out the Kamali episode and maybe we'll I'll tweet about it or post about it on social media after this episode airs but uh, I'm going to definitely watch more of the murder and successful yes me too much. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah yeah especially because it's uh, free isn't it wonderful. Oh yeah, uh, so would, wonderful. Do you feel prompted to watch more British shows by any chance? Maybe. I mean, uh. I don't know. I will say, Murder is Successful kind of. I never had a bad taste in my mouth for British comedies. I just like it's just a matter of finding a one that you like. But man, this one was such an easy one to really just sink your teeth into because yeah. it's such an outlandish premise, and it's also a fun one because I think that's what I like. That's why I'm kind of bummed out that the America one didn't work because they kind of did focus on like making those crimes solvable. And I'm not, that's fine. I'm okay with making, trying to make the crime solvable because it makes it fun at the end when like you're trying to figure out like who did it and you feel like you're on a game show and like, you know, mm-hmm. the chief comes in and says, you're fired. Yeah. Uh, it's just, <laughs> you, it, it was just hilarious. Yeah. But the, it's just, I don't know. This the British one is just like yeah like I I think because of its concept is the reason why I'm watching it I'm not I don't I'm not sure of that what that says about British humors in general though I have a question for you yes do you think Murderville was needed no okay all mm-hmm. right that's no. fair <laughs> I, I actually I'm only gonna say yes if but. Only if Netflix had just released the original one also with it. But, uh, you know? okay. Because I need it. Because here's the thing. I think I would never have seen Murder and Successful if it were not for Murderville. And as a result, I feel like my life is now better for seeing Murder <laughs> and Successful. Yeah. Well, so, like, you would never have way, seen Murder and Successful if it was not for this podcast, not for Murderville. And the only reason you're saying, yes, it was needed to Murderville is because you watched Murder and Successful. You, so don't you, know you what? mean you're right. that's a no? Because you're right. 
if I had seen the first episode of Murderville, I don't know if I would have continued watching it, to be quite honest. Exactly. And then would that have made me want to reach out and check out Murder in Successful? Probably not. So you're right. You're right. The answer is a flat no on this one. I don't think Murderville was needed. Thank you for correcting yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to say yes, just because the, the premise is so ingenious that I want more content in that manner. But yeah. I only think it will be needed if it's done in a new exciting way um because i don't think that they out did the british show nor should they outdo it but they didn't quite make it their own either like you know yeah. those are kind of like your options right you got to make it your own uh mm-hmm. reclaim it or kind of outdo it and it didn't do either yeah. so therefore it was just like well i didn't need this and yeah. i didn't want this so i do love the idea of like improv like i think i don't know i think maybe 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 this show isn't it but maybe the next iteration of something like this will be i just don't know what that could be but like i like this idea of like kind of where one person is in the know i don't know maybe it's a game show that we need like, and have like regular people playing it that seems like fun i'd watch that i like mean yeah Japanese-type. well also we should attend like a murder mystery dinner like an interactive one I've been like, dying to. I've been dying I to have host been murder dying mystery. To. This show made me just realize how much I like like those mystery type games. Oh yeah, no, I love murder mysteries. It's one of my absolute favorite genres. And um yeah, and I want to be in one. <laughs> so <laughs> go check out Murder and Successful. It's on YouTube for free. Get it while it lasts. It is absolutely a darling of a TV show. I would say watch whatever you guys want, but like you could skip Murderville to be quite honest. Yeah, I and say if, watch the Sharon Stone episode. I say watch the Kumal Ninjani episode. And uh, if you guys saw it, or if you haven't seen it, or you really like murder mysteries, or just like you know any ideas and feedback that you want to share, y'all should reach out to us. The ways that you can reach out to us are email us remakes reboots revivals at gmail we're active on instagram at remakes reboots revivals we're active on twitter at remakes podcast we're also on youtube and facebook you can just search for remakes reboots revivals uh like i said at the beginning of this episode if you find us on a streaming platform and you enjoy us please leave us a review so we know your thoughts because we love getting feedback from you guys and we do have a voicemail service that you could call in and let your thoughts be heard. We might just play it on this podcast. Rolando, what is that number? That number is 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. Well, I'm just, I actually think when we hang up, I'm going to watch another episode of Murder and Successful. <laughs> you know, and I'm just really excited because it's two weeks in a row that we're going to be doing murder mysteries. Why? What's next? death on the nile oh no way i okay so i gotta go to the movies <laughs> yeah you do you do yeah right. french and saunders one of my favorite comedy british comedy look at that fucking british comedy duo is it in is death in the nile so i jennifer saunders who uh from absolutely fabulous she also played the fairy godmother in shrek too i think she's she's hilarious oh okay um absolutely fabulous is that the one about the i think eddie made me see an episode it was pretty good that is hysterical. Yeah. yeah. The two older drunk women, you know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Also a great it's British like, comedy. It, uh-huh. It's Go. like a bosom buddies uh, mixed with uh, sex in the city. Yes. Yes. Except they're just drunk the entire time. Tight time. <laughs> oh God. We had to do uh, sex in the city. 
first couple of seasons, the later ones, not so much for AbFab. Well, if you like things that I like and you don't like things Orlando likes, then <laughs> check it out. If you like the things Orlando likes and you hate the things that I like, don't check it out. No, um, check out, but we can all agree, Murder Successful. That's how good it is. We can all agree. <laughs> like We both think we know that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's about should do it. And until next week, stay, stay unoriginal. original.